everything. Fair notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. So glad you guys could join us today. I'm Ginger Gadsden. Sir, remind me of your name again. I should know you from. Uh, my name is George Costanza. Good to have you with us on the show. No, I'm Matt Austin. We've got a great one. One of our favorite News 6 employees is going to join us for this show today. And it is about a crisis we've had going on even before COVID. This thing has been going on, I think you could probably say decades. And we're talking about affordable yeah. housing, Gigi. Yeah, it's really come to a head now, though, because so many, because of COVID and so many people have seen Florida as like an open state. So it's very attractive. So people from California, people from the Northeast are all coming to the great state of Florida and they want to live here. And they're now in competition with the people who have been here all along, who have had trouble finding a place to live. So, and it's really, you know, and I'm so glad we're talking about this because we do a series on uh, New Six called Boomtown. And man, Orlando is the definition of boomtown. We need a pair of spanks here in Central Florida to squeeze everybody in there because I mean, people are people are coming. And where where are they going? They're going for the spanks. That's what they're doing. Uh, thank you. You that was the perfect analogy, Ginger. And so she talked about solutionaries. It's a show we have that broadcasts online. And one of the, they tackle big issues basically. And the issue we're talking about today is affordable housing. Not just buying a house, just renting a place for your family to be able to live is a hassle. Here's a little piece of solutionaries. I even asked the, the apartment complex when I called them up, when I got the lease renewal offer, I said, I know this place has been around since the 80s, the early 80s. Have you ever in your like 40 years of increasing rents on people, have you ever offered the best offer 17%? I mean, to me, that's absolutely insane. 17% in one year for the best offer. And if you just do the 12 month, it's 33%. That's no one crazy. gets a 33% raise. Right. Uh, you know Not what I'm saying? Like, yes, I do. <laughs> you know? Lewis Bolden, if you're getting a 33% raise, we need to talk, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you heard me say, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is, you know, listening to that. First of all, let us introduce Lewis Bolden. He is part of our investigative team at News 6, and he is also the host of Solutionaries. And the name says it all. You guys tackle a problem, and you do try and help and offer people solutions. And I'm so excited about this one because it is a big big, big problem here in Central Florida. You just heard poor Ryan there talking about his rent increase. And that's like a $500 increase, I believe you would say. It is unreal. Who can afford that? Who can afford that? Who can afford that? And that is what this show is all about. You know, I'm starting to think the Solutionaries team, we like a bit of torture. <laughs> because our first episode was on policing in America, which was a bear of a topic. Yeah. And our second episode, we chose affordable housing. Well, you take is, an easy route. Yeah, right. 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 So um, that was Ryan. Ryan was part of the first panel that we did. So when we decided on the topic, we said, let's get some people together. So we sent out a lot of surveys, I believe hundreds of surveys, and based on people's responses, 
uh, we whittled it down to a panel of about six people. And we had them tell their experiences about trying to find and keep affordable housing. And y'all, we got an earful. We got oh. an earful. Listen. Uh, Brian, yeah. Who, yeah, who was talking about, I mean, whose rent increases by $500 in one year? I mean, even if you're paying a mortgage and your mortgage increases by that much, you're going to raise an eyebrow. You'll feel that. that. Yeah, you certainly will. And, you know, Lewis, the thing that he talked about and you guys talked about in the show that I really appreciated was that some people say when you hear affordable housing, you automatically get a picture in your mind. And it is of poor people who people don't want in their neighborhood. And you see Ryan, he obviously does not fit that description at all, because if they're going to raise his rent and he's going to pay it by five hundred dollars, he's got to work really hard to make that happen. So tell us a little bit about how there's that misperception of when we talk about affordable housing, we're not talking about projects. We're not talking about uh, people who are not working. We're talking about the average working citizen. Average people, exactly. And that's, that's one of the problems. That's, that's one of the big problems with uh, trying to build affordable housing is no one wants it in their backyard because the perception is that it's poor people, it's Section 8 housing, it's government subsidized, it's housing projects. And that's the perception, but that really is not reality. We're talking about, as you said, homes for people with normal jobs. We're talking about school teachers, we're talking about police officers, we're talking about firefighters. And Ryan was the first to admit, he said, you know, I live in, the area that I live in is a nice area. It's in Longwood. And he thought by moving outside of the city of Orlando that he would be exempt from these large rent increases because he was, you know, sort of in a suburb, but not the case at all. And he said, I, you know, I can't afford it, but how long am I going to be able to afford it if rent is going up five hundred dollars what's the next year. increase yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it gets outlandish uh, it's so exponential the growth and you certainly don't get raises to keep up with that um my my question is, is it's a difficult two-pronged issue though because there are people in these neighborhoods who are saying it's not that i don't want poor people or lower income people coming in it's just that we don't have room we already have traffic we already have schools that are cramped and so if an apartment complex goes in and hundreds of more kids are put in those schools and more cars on the road, you know, does the government have some accountability for this, Lewis, for not putting in the infrastructure to make it possible to bring in these new folks into the outlying neighborhoods? I would say, yes, the government uh, should have some accountability for that. And that is a legitimate concern for people. Um, but the problem is we, we can't blame it all on the government because Central Florida is growing so fast mm. that people are moving in here faster than the infrastructure can keep up with. So, so how do you deal with it? You know, that, that is the challenge. And that I would say it is a multi-pronged problem. Mm -hmm. It is a very layered problem. Um, with some of these organizations, we heard that uh, 
first of all, it's difficult to find the land. And then once you identify the land, you have to figure out how to pay for the land. And then once you figure that out, then you end up getting pushback from people who are already there who don't want affordable housing built in their area. So it is it is a multi-layered problem for sure. Yeah, one of the solutions uh, that you guys offered, and it it's not available and it won't work for everyone, is the land trust. Mm-hmm. And in particular, we're talking about a, a part of Winter Park which everyone knows winter park florida is one of it's a very tony area we all know it is one of the most expensive areas not just in florida but in the country and people are are familiar with it can you talk a little bit about what that land trust is because i had not heard of it before you guys tackled it well you know a lot of people have probably heard of hannibal square which is in winter park and Mm -hmm. a lot of people know hannibal square because of the restaurants that are in hannibal square but a lot of people don't know the history of Hannibal Square. And so in the second episode of Solutionaries, we have uh, a really nice piece that was put together by Nadine Yanez and Paul Giorgio. And it's a really nice piece because it's also a bit of a history lesson and tells you about how Hannibal Square came to be. And Hannibal Square is a community land trust. So what happens is the trust buys the land so the trust owns the land but then they build affordable housing on it so for example if the land if the plot of land goes for a hundred thousand dollars and then they build a two hundred thousand dollar house on the land the homeowner only has to pay the $200,000, only has to mortgage that amount because they never own the land, the land stays in the trust. And so that's how they get affordable housing. And a lot of people, when you, when you think Winter Park, Florida, you do not think affordable housing. No. no. But Hannibal Square, there are, I believe there are 21 plots of land that are in this trust. And the, and the goal of it is to keep it affordable. And so we talked to, I believe one of the people that Nadine interviewed was a school teacher who lives two blocks from Park Avenue. Um, And a lot of people would love, you know, to have that piece of property. But the goal is to to keep it affordable. And so the the land remains in the trust. Yeah. And 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 it's it's smart. Yeah. The the plot of land in Winter Park might be five hundred thousand dollars in some cases. Easily. easily. Yeah. It's also a way for particularly African-Americans to build wealth, too, because it's so hard to get a loan to own a home and it's so expensive. So if you can have the land taken out of it and taken care of and you just are responsible for the home, that makes it more affordable. And now you're paying on a home that you could possibly pass down to your kids or another generation in your family and start to build that wealth. And one of the best parts of our community and our country, actually. I, I love the woman in the story, Lewis, when she was like, I don't know how that works. Is it going to be a mobile home? Do I have to take it when I move? Do I have to move it? It's like she didn't, you know, it's like that's your house. That's your home. You own it. Exactly, exactly. And so the opportunity, so for a lot of people, home ownership is so far out of reach because for multiple reasons. You know, um, you know, a lot of people can't come up with 10%, uh, 20% down payment because 
we talked about how the number of people who are moving to Central Florida and the infrastructure can't keep up with those people. But the more people that move here, the more the prices go up because there's such a demand for housing. And so the prices shoot up and home ownership just tends to be so far out of reach for some people. But the Community Land Trust is a great way for people to get their foot in the door and get that first home. And by the way, um, community land trusts are all over this country, but Florida has more community land trusts than any other state. So that's a, oh. that's a great thing that Florida has going on. Florida, for affordable Florida, we're doing it right. We're doing, we're getting it. <laughs> all right. We need more of it though. And I want to bring in, we've got comments here and I've got Paul Rose Jackson. He's got a long comment that I want to bring on the screen to show you. Uh, he says, right on target, guys. So many of us after surviving the pandemic with furloughs. I, I believe Paul, he's a Facebook friend of mine, and I think he works for Disney, uh, theme park worker. We're dreading our lease renewals while we see what our mm. apartments are currently leasing for. People moving here from out of state, pushing locals out of areas. Crazy that a 30-year-old apartment now renting a one-bedroom for close to $1,500 that's nowhere near downtown. The same is happening with property tax home insurance premium increases. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of sums it up for us pretty well there. Is a, it used to be the American dream. You had your white, your your house, your white picket fence out there and the dog. And now uh, the average Americans are priced out, Lewis. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And we used to, I, I used to believe that um, the city center was always the most expensive place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I expect a one-bedroom apartment downtown Orlando to go for $1,500. But as uh, that person just pointed out, now it's everywhere. I mean, one of the benefits of living farther away from the city center was, you know, it used to be that you got a deal on housing and rent was less expensive. But now, guys, in Central Florida, We've got investors, we've got um, rental properties, we've got entire like rental communities that are out by the Disney area, which is pretty far from downtown. But it just seems now that you can't catch a break on the price of housing, whether you're renting or buying, no matter where you are. Yeah, it's you know, and so many people they the the investors they will come in, they can afford to buy a home, and they'll turn it into like an Airbnb. So you'll never get a chance to own it, but they'll rent it out to you for you know a god awful sum of money, and that's it's just sad because these people have been working hard, and you know I'm glad that we're hearing from a theme park worker because they have been hit so hard, yeah, and it is the main, it is the backbone of our economy here. You know, if we didn't have the theme parks, oh my gosh, we'd, all, we'd be a ghost town. That's true. Her name is Robin, uh, who worked for the theme park. She was part of the panel that we, that we start the second episode of Solutionaries with. And Robin moved here from Michigan. And she said uh, it, it took her a long time. She finally found a place, uh, an apartment that was income restricted, which means it was reserved for people who do not make above a certain threshold. Mm -hmm. But she had to be on that wait list for a year and a half. Wow. She works for a theme park. She loves her job. It's just that she doesn't make enough money to afford 
$1,500 a month, $1,700 a month, $1,800 a month. And she was the one on the panel who said, why is everything luxury? Every time you go for an apartment, she said, every luxury, 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 stainless steel, this, granite, that. And she said, I would rather have linoleum floors mm-hmm. or mica countertops, plain white appliances, if I can find a place that I can actually afford. Yeah. And so, and, and that way, we heard that from several people on that panel that enough with luxury, just mm-hmm. Give us something that we can comfortably afford. Well, yeah. luxurious, it sounds so nice because when you say, oh, here's some affordable housing, again, there's that stigma that goes along with it. So they throw up the luxury tag also with the nice interior uh, as well. But the other thing, too, is that that's just the rent. You have to turn lights on. You have to have some running water. You got to mow you that know, lawn. Thank you. And you've you've got your cell phone. You have all these other different bills. And that's all your money's going to rent. All your money's going to rent. Mm -hmm. We talked to uh, a woman, Nadia. um, And Nadia was another one who said, you know, we need to stop thinking that this is a poor people problem. She said, I make a decent amount of money. She and her husband, she said, we make a decent amount of money. But the, they have a, a uh, college student, uh, so they were paying out-of-state tuition for their son. Mm-hmm. And with, with the rent increases, I think Nadia's rent increase was about almost 30%, I think like 25 27% Ooh. or something like that. Um, and she said, we make a decent amount of money, but we have it stretched so thin because we have so many obligations. And one of the biggest ones is the amount of money that they have to pay in rent. So it is is yeah. a it's a problem that a lot of people are yeah. facing. Yeah, and we've talked and it's a lot about them to prioritize. It is, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, give me the regular countertops because if you get granite or quartzite or something these days, it's going to cost you $30,000 to put stone in a, in a kitchen uh, when you just want a place to have a roof over your head. We have Jay Figueroa joining us here, and he says, I saved $40,000 to buy a house. Forty grand. That takes a long time to save. I can't find anything below 320000 for new oh. construction. So we talked a lot about the rent. Uh, the truth is right now, if you want to buy a house, a lot of these companies, like you guys alluded to, are coming in there with they have full cash offers or people are coming in and they're going above asking price. It is a tough market, Lewis, if you do want to try to get that American dream. It certainly is. We had a couple of people on the panel who talked about that, who talked about being priced out of homes. And this guy has done the work and yeah. saved forty thousand dollars but can't find a house above three hundred and twenty thousand dollars and we had a couple of people say that where where are the two hundred thousand dollar houses where are the two and a quarter two fifty uh where are those houses um and they said when you do find one it is gone so fast and it doesn't remain that price for long matt because of what you mentioned is then people get into bidding wars because there are so few homes at that price point that people start going above the ask price. And so it's it, 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 a lot of people are being priced out of, uh, of buying a home. 
Yeah, but I, the thing is, Lewis, I, I know that you guys worked really hard on, on this episode, and I love that you do come up with, at the end, because you have this great panel of people who cover all walks of life, the professionals, and they offer some solutions. And I, I there was one person, and I won't give all, all of it away, but she says, I don't know if we're ever going to have a solution. It's going to have to be an evolution. Wasn't that a good line? It really that was, was. That was very good, because... What I liked about that is she didn't sugarcoat it. You know, it is such a complicated, complex issue. And there are so many, so many balls in the air, so many moving targets um, that it is going to have to be an evolution. And our solutionaries panel, um, they were, I think we had six, seven people on the panel. And these people have dedicated their careers and thus a portion of their lives to figuring this thing out. You know, we had Habitat for Humanity on, um, and they talked about, um, they spoke to the people who said, why is everything luxury? And they said, well, that's what we do, is we, we get less expensive materials on the interior of the home, and that's one of the way that we keep the prices down. But one of the problems that uh, Habitat has is, First, they have to raise the money, and then they have to find someone who is willing to sell them the land at an affordable price. And that's the other thing. I mean, we live in a capitalistic society. So if I have a piece of property that I want to sell, can you fault me because I want to get top dollar for my piece of property? And so that's the way it works but that's what habitat for humanity is up against you know identifying those people who are willing to sell to them at an affordable price yeah 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 it's so uh, it's such a tough uh, and jay jay's kind of chiming in some more here he says we made seven offers last year to seven different properties and people with cash always took the deal so it's just disappointment after disappointment for these folks and uh, but I'm glad you guys are diving into it. It feels like one of those things, like uh, like the lady said, the evolution. It's almost like this is a problem that's getting worse. If we could just kind of stop it where it is, like just because it feels like maybe plug in 10 years, let's stop it. the leak and let's reassess. But we can't even do that. It's like we're in quicksand and more and more folks are, are going homeless because of this and are struggling. So uh, it's a real big issue. Lewis, how can people watch Solutionaries? Uh, you can you can watch it on clickorlando.com slash solutionaries. Uh, you can go to the Solutionaries YouTube channel, and you can also watch it on Roku and uh, Firestick and uh, a couple of other uh, places. So you can check your smart TV, and it's free uh, to download, and you can watch it on all of those apps and, of course, the Click Orlando app. So there are multiple ways that you can watch, and it is dropping next Monday on the 20th, the second episode. Dropping it like it's hot. <laughs> it is do. a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Lewis Bolden, genuinely one of my favorite people at the station. I would imagine Ginger Ginger might not say the same oh. thing, but that's the way I feel. And uh, we're so glad to have you on the broadcast. Uh, thank you so much, Ginger. Don't yeah, look at me like that. I appreciate yeah. it. It's a really good show, and I hope people tune in. Yeah, they will. They will, because it's such good information. So thank you, Lewis. We really appreciate your time. And thank you for trying to help the people of Central Florida just, you know, get into a nice place. 
Yeah, that's what we do. That's what I we know. do. We try I to know. get results and offer solutions. So. <laughs> You're doing it. You're that doing you it. do. Lewis Bolton, thank you so much. Ginger Gadsden, you are the best. We will see you <laughs> next week right here on Florida's Fourth Estate.